Welcome, everybody. It's great to be outside with you and just enjoying God's creation here. It's great to have folks uh, that are watching online. Thank you guys for tuning in and being a part of this. Um, I hope when we're singing those songs that we allow the words that we are singing to really penetrate our minds and our hearts as, as God is really um, singing to us, I think, and really revealing our true identity and his desire for, for our lives. Um, we're starting a new series. It's going to be a five-week series, and we're going to talk about gender. We're going to talk about sex, and we're going to talk about identity. And in the midst of that, we're going to get into some, um, you know, some difficult topics probably for uh, a lot of us to engage with, uh, things like homosexuality, transgenderism. We're talking about pornography and adultery. So it should be action-packed, um, very full and... Um, you know, hopefully eye-opening to some. Now, we recognize this is pretty sensitive. And so we've, we've been working on this for about a year, really. And, and we've been reading all these books as a staff and we're, we're listening to these podcasts and we're uh, examining different research. And we are having hours and hours of conversation about these topics. And so it's not something that we're entering into lightly. We've asked the leadership of the church and the prayer ministry to really be lifting us up because I want you to hear our heart. Our, our desire is to know the will of God. We just want to know the will of God, what his heart is with regard to these topics, these issues, and just be obedient to that, right? That, that's our desire. We just want what God wants for us. Now, with that in mind, there are some... Uh, premises that you need to be aware of. Here, here's the first one, that we're going to approach this from a biblical perspective. We're going to approach this from a biblical perspective, so you need to be aware of that. So the Bible um, is going to be our authority. This is going to be our standard, our plumb line, if you will. And so if you don't believe this, if you don't believe it's truly of God, um, then you may arrive at different conclusions than we do. And that's okay, we understand that. But this, for this series, this is what we're going to talk about. This will be our standard. This will be our plumb line. So you need to understand that. Um, secondly, this is not about politics. It's about people. This is not about politics. It's about people. We all are broken people. And every single one of us is broken sexually from one degree to another. We all are broken in these areas. Your, your issue may not be somebody else's issues, but we're all dealing with sexual brokenness. And so this isn't about preaching to them and those people. We're talking about us. It's about people, and it is not about politics. You have to understand that. Thirdly, we hope to be like Jesus in the midst of this, to be full of grace, yet full of truth. We want to be full of grace and full of truth. We want people that have different opinions and persuasions to feel welcome and wanted here, that this is a safe place to come and, and to experience what God has for them. So that is incredibly important to us, that we'd be full of grace and full of truth. And 
that we would have these conversations, that it would be um, something that would go beyond Sunday morning. So to that end, on, on Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock, we're going to meet in the sanctuary, whoever wants to come and join us. We're just going to circle up some chairs and we're going to talk about these topics. Specifically this week, we'll be talking about identity and if you have any questions or thoughts on that. We just want to talk and just be honest, be real. We're going to have prayer ministers there. So if, if somebody wants to come and receive prayer, that'll be available too. But there's no message that we've prepared. We're just going to try and come together as a family, and, and talk through these issues. Because these aren't their issues. These are our issues. We're all affected by these things. Every single one of us here has a family member, or we personally are dealing with things regarding gender, sexuality, identity. So again, this is about us. It isn't about them. So um, somebody asked me, they said, well, why are we doing this series? And it was kind of like that. You know, like, oh, because like, I think people are a little beaten down on the, all these topics. Like it seems like that's all we're hearing about. But I'm afraid that we haven't been hearing about it from the church. We haven't um, really been talking about it as Christians much. And a lot of times we're silent. And, and that's because of different reasons. And I understand that. Um, but sometimes when, when Christians speak about these matters, well, they're doing it in kind of a hateful way, Right? And, and they're not very Christ-like. And so we don't really want to be, like, in that camp either. So maybe we've just been silent. And we feel like it is incumbent upon us as leaders, as the church, to talk about these subjects. That we need to, to look at this from a biblical perspective. What does God have to say about our identity, about our gender, about our sexuality? We, we want to do it, again, full of grace, full of truth. Recognizing this is not at all about politics. It's about people. It's about us. And so that's, that's the hope. That's the plan. That is what we're striving to do here. Now, we're beginning this series by talking about identity because I believe at the root of all the confusion around gender and identity and ultimately sexuality, it is this, this issue of identity. I, I believe the problem is we don't know who we are. We don't know truly who we are. And here's the, the reason we don't know that. It's because we don't know who God is. I think at, at the root of all of it is the fact that we don't truly know who God is. Because if you don't know who God is, you cannot know who you are. If you don't truly know who God is, you can never truly know who you are. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about that. Again, um, I believe in, in the Bible, I do believe it's God's inspired word. I have that conviction. But I also have another conviction too. If you don't believe that, like if you just want to dismiss the Bible, I believe we can land on the same conclusions. Because I believe all truth is God's truth. Therefore, all truth is biblical truth. And whether you believe in the Bible or believe in God or not, I think we can still arrive at the same conclusions because I have this conviction that there is a God and that he is the creator and that we are created beings and that God as the creator can and does reveal himself and his truth to his creation and he even reveals his truth through his creation. Like you can look at the beauty of this creation out here today and you know there's got to be a God, right? This cannot just be 
by chance, right? God reveals these truths to us, but we're going to use the Bible as our standard, as our plumb line. So with that, um, we're going to begin the beginning of the Bible. So if you have a Bible, you want to pull it out. We're going to be in Genesis 1-1. So if you're confused, like it's page one, okay? And so you just, boom, you're there. Open it up. Genesis 1-1, we're going to start at the very beginning. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the very first words of the Bible establish that God is the creator. He is the creator, that he existed before all things, before all the created, all the seen, and before all the unseen. He existed. And that means that, that God's not something or someone that man created. That, that God is not a, a statue we can hold He's not a moral code that we adhere to. No, that God is not an idle bystander who just sits back and observes what nature and the universe are doing. No, God is powerful. He's all powerful. He is the creator. So that's what we discover right here in the very beginning of the Bible. And if you continue reading through Genesis, you're going to see that... Um, it says that he created, again, the, the things that we see and that we don't see, the heavens above, the earth below, the, the grass, the trees, the birds in the air, the fish in the sea. And when he got done creating all of those things, he said they were good. He said they were good. And then he kept going until his final creation. And he said, oh, this is really good. Like, this is so good. This is very good. And we see this in, in verse 26 and 27. This is, again, in Genesis chapter 1. It said, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God saved his best work for last. The pinnacle of his creation. The cherry on the top. He created mankind. He created men and women. He said, they're very good. They are very good. And what makes us so very good. Well, listen again to verse 26. God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. In the very beginning, we read of God as singular, but also in this plural form. He said, let us make them in our image, our from the very beginning of Scripture, we begin to see that there is one God, yet in three persons. And the word Trinity is never used in the Bible, but as you continue to read through the Bible, you're going to see God revealed, that there's one God, but he's revealed in these three different persons. And you especially see this when you get to what we call the New Testament, when Jesus comes on the scene. And all of a sudden, you begin to, to see it more clearly that there's one God Three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. 
And now it begins to make sense what he was referring to all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. And he said, let us make mankind in our image. So this is what makes us so unique. We are different from all other creatures and creations of God because we are made in the image of God. But that is difficult to wrap our minds around, right? Like, I, I can't fully comprehend this, this concept of one God in three persons. And I don't know anybody else that really fully grasps it. I mean, it's just more than our, our minds can totally conceive of. But I get it to a degree. And what he's saying is that you are created in my image, in our image. And so until we grasp the image of God, who God is, I do not believe we can fully understand who we are. If we don't know who God is, we can't know who we are because we are created in the image of God. So think about that. You can't fully know who you are unless you know who God is because you are created in the image of God. If you wanna know who you are, you need to get to know who God is, right? Because you were created in his image. And um, I believe this is, this is the source of a lot of confusion, especially surrounding gender and, and sexuality. It's because we don't um, understand who God is. We have a bit of an identity crisis. And um, it, it's critical that we begin to grapple with this and, and understand that for us to truly know who we are, we have to. We have to spend time getting to know who God is better. So I want to use an illustration. So Alan, my son, if you were here last week, he used this puzzle illustration. Um, it was great having Alan. I really appreciate him. I think he makes me look better. Um, you guys, if you were here, you saw him and you're like, there's got to be more to Scott than that. Like if that could be his son, then there must be more to him. That's what I'm hoping. Same thing when you see Carolyn, you're like, there's got to be more to that guy to have a wife like that, right? You know what I'm talking about? So, so I was so proud of, of what he did last week. And he was talking really about the unique body of Christ that we're a part of, how each and every one of us are uniquely created in the image of God and that we're all special. We're all special, right? And we are essential. The body is not complete. We do not portray the image of God completely when one of us is missing, and how we need to include everybody. And he was specifically talking about people with what we oftentimes call special needs, or sometimes we use the term disability, which I think is so wrong. We all have special gifts and special abilities. We're all created in the image of God. You're significant. And when you are not engaged in the body, something's missing, just like this puzzle. So again, he used this, this is a cute little puzzle. Everybody familiar with puzzles, I assume? You know, maybe you have this one with these cute little puppies on here. But um, his illustration is, so imagine this is the image of God, right? And so when you're doing a puzzle, don't you pull it out and then you take the lid off, you have all these individual pieces, but don't you typically set the, the, the lid up as you're putting together the pieces because you're trying to figure out how do each of these individual pieces, which were all unique, right? There are no two pieces alike in here. Everyone has a unique shape, a unique color, and is called to a unique position, right? And so when we're trying to figure out where do these pieces fit, we look 
at the greater image, right? And that's how we begin to see how we fit in. So we look at the greater image, and we see how these smaller pieces, these little image bearers, fit together. Together, these little image bearers represent the fuller image of God. We are created in his image. But what if you don't have the greater image? What if you don't know what it looks like? Have you guys ever tried to put the, together a puzzle like this? Where you begin and, and there is no picture and you're not exactly sure what it's supposed to look like, but you open it up and you still see within in it that you have all these little pieces and they're all unique and different shapes and sizes and, and colors. But where do you begin? How do you understand where they fit? How do you know what they're supposed to reveal if you don't have the greater image to look at? And I think that's the crux of our problem and the confusion that comes, whether we're talking about gender or sexuality, it's because we don't know God and his true identity, who he is. Therefore, it's difficult, if not impossible, for us to truly know ourselves. And that's why there is so much confusion with regard to our identity, our sexuality, and our gender. We're trying to put together a puzzle that doesn't have the picture. We've got to focus. We've got to understand the true image of God if we're to understand who we are as his image bearers, created in his image. So I think that's, that's critical. Um, I loved how um, he really referenced Psalm um, 139. He didn't, you know, read it to you, but I, I just think it's a beautiful picture of who we are. It says, you created, you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so you need to know that. When we're talking about identity, you have to know that's your identity. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. You are a unique image bearer of his. How awesome is that? Like if you don't think you're special, you should feel special right now. You need to know how special you are. And if you want to know who you are, you have to know who God is. Now, um, <clears throat> that's where it gets a little tricky, I think. So for us to truly know us, ourselves, we have to know God who is invisible, right? And so how am I going to get a clear picture of God if he's invisible? Well, I think he's provided some ways. One, again, is his word. This is why I think the Bible is so important and it's so awesome. If you will really take the time to read and study it, God reveals himself to us in his word. What he's about. What he's about. What he desires. It's all in here. But you have to read it. You have to study it if you want to know who God is. Secondly, he said, I, I understand that you, you have a difficult time relating to me. So he sent Jesus. 
the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, what he looks like, then you look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Spend some time, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all write about Jesus, what he was up to, what, what his heart was like, what this kingdom of God was supposed to look like. If you want to know who God is, get to know Jesus. And, and then finally, what we see is um, just the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you want to know who God is, then you need to ask him to place his spirit within you. See, the role of the Holy Spirit, in, in Ephesians 3, um, verse 20, it talks about the power within us, and it's referring to the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit's role is to open up our minds and to open up our hearts so that we can begin to see clearly who Jesus is and what his purpose is or was here on earth and what it continues to be for all of eternity. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he gives us this gift of his spirit who never leaves us or forsakes us. So he's with us all the time. And the more we listen to him, the more we get to know him and allow him to have full reign in our lives, the more, the more we understand who God is because he's the one revealing God to us. Now, the reason... Um, we have identity problems is because we have a discipleship problem. I believe the reason we have identity problems is because we have a discipleship problem. We've defined a disciple as someone who lives, loves, and leads like Jesus. Someone who lives, loves, and leads like Jesus. And if we identify as followers of Jesus, well, then God, the Holy Spirit, is living inside of us. So if, if you're a committed follower of Jesus, you're a disciple, then his Holy Spirit comes in and lives within you. And he begins to change you. It, it talks about how he, he begins to conform us into the image of Jesus, that he begins to transform us to be more and more like him. Our heads, our hearts, and our hands begin to change. Before you know it, all of a sudden, you're starting to think like God. Before you know it, you're starting to, to feel like God, like the things that are important to God become important to you. The things that break God's heart, they begin to break your heart. And, and then the things that you do all of a sudden are, are like the things God does. He, he affects, he changes our heads, our hearts, and our hands. And that's a beautiful thing. It's not about us trying harder. It's about allowing him to do what he does best. But it begins with an identity that is found in him. Now, here's a challenge. I think we are in the midst of a battle like never before. And there is a battle for our souls raging around us. And if you listen to the messaging or you look at all the messaging out there, it seems like certainly most of it is trying to tell us that your identity, my identity, is not found in God. It's found in someone or something else. Think about the messaging that you are bombarded with. Think about what you listen to, the music that you listen to. What does it speak to with regard to your identity? Is it pointing you to God or to someone or, or something else? 
Think about what, what you're watching. Maybe it, it's, it's TikTok or YouTube shorts or, you know, a certain YouTuber out there. Uh, maybe it's, it's a television program or a movie or, or, or maybe it's just the commercials. Have you watched the commercials these days and what they're saying about your identity? We are being bombarded with messages that are contrary to what God says about our identity and who we are as image bearers of him. Of him. It's a battle. It's a battle that is, is waging. Sutton and I were, were talking to a, a teenage girl this week. And we asked her, we said, so where do you and, and like your friends, where do your friends go or look to for, for information about gender and, and sexuality? And she said, TikTok. TikTok. And, and it's really not even funny. I mean, it's the reality that most of the younger generation are looking to TikTok to figure out who they are, who they are, what they're there to believe with regard to their gender, their sexuality. There are all kinds of influencers out there. And I'm telling you that, that this identity crisis or issue that we're dealing with, it's really a discipleship crisis or issue. It's a discipleship issue. Because if, if we aren't taking responsibility for our own discipleship, and if you're a parent for the discipleship of your children, well, guess what? They're being discipled by others. They're being discipled by others. We're being discipled by others. This is not about them. It's about us. Think about all the messaging that you deal with on a weekly basis. And, and let me just tell you this. Um, 75 minutes a week in church, or for most people, a month in church these days, is not going to counteract all the other messaging and the influences. You've got to take responsibility for your own discipleship, and if you're a parent, for the discipleship of your children, because somebody or something is discipling them. You can't know who you truly are unless you know who God truly is. The issue is a discipleship issue. Now, what are we doing about it? One, we're, we're doing this sermon series, which um, after today should fix everything, I think. Right? Like, we won't even need to talk about this after. The, no, like, this is a beginning. We don't have any misconception like this is going to fix everything, but hopefully it begins to, to get us talking about it. Hopefully we're going to provide you with some tools so that you can do something about it. Um, but that's the hope. We, we have groups like life groups and men's and women's small groups. You can sign up for life groups today still. And I think that is so important because um, you don't need to just be sitting here and have me lecture to you. I, I mean, I'm sure that's incredible. Maybe not, but, the, uh, but what you really need is engagement, right? You need to engage with the word and you need to engage with others who are seeking the truth about God. That's why we encourage you, you've got to be in a small group that's meeting throughout the week for more than just, you know, 60 to 75 minutes. It's critical. Um, so we have those. Did you know, I mean, there are so many resources these days that are available on your phones, all the different Bible apps and 
commentaries and everything. I mean, it's right at your fingertips. And so you have those resources. There is so much out there. But you have to be willing to invest the time. You have to be willing to invest the time. You are not a victim. You are responsible for your own discipleship. We will help you where we can. Now, we can't be afraid to talk about these issues and these topics. A lot of times in the church, they're kind of taboo, like we just don't speak about those things. Or when we do speak, it's not in a very loving way. And I think that's based on our own insecurity, right? We need to be willing to engage in some of these oftentimes awkward conversations with one another. But remember how we do it. We're going to do it like Jesus would do it. We're going to be full of grace and full of what? Truth. Full of grace and full of truth. Because this is not about politics. It's about people. It's not about politics. It's about people. And it's not those people. It's about us. It's about us. It's about us. We're all broken people. We are all broken sexually, whether we want to admit it or not. It's not about them. It's about us. And then we're going to do it from a biblical perspective. We're going to do it from a biblical perspective, and we're going to gather together for anybody that wants to come, 7 o'clock, Tuesday nights in the sanctuary, and just circle up some chairs and start talking. And we're going to have prayer ministers there and... Um, you know, we're just going to try and figure this out together as we focus more and more on who God is, on the image of God. And if we don't understand who God is, we could never fully understand who we are because we are created in the image of God. Unlike any other creature or created being, we are unique. And when he looked at us, mankind, male, female, unique Yet equally, image bearers, he said, now that's very good. That's very good. Remember this. Remember this. Our identity, gender, and sexuality, they're really about discipleship. The issues we have surrounding them are issues of discipleship. You can't know who you are unless you know who God is. So what are you going to do about it? Let's pray. God, this is, a, this is going to be a fun series. There, there's so much for us to grapple with. And, and, Lord, we need to be willing to engage with it because the world certainly is. And the world certainly has a lot to say about it. And, sadly, the world is, is misguided. There's a lot of misunderstanding with regard to our identity, our genders, our sexuality. And so, Lord, we want to get that right. And we want to see healing and wholeness come to each and every one of us. We want to see you move in power so that we might truly, like that puzzle, bear your image as clearly as possible. We thank you that you care enough about us to call us really, really good because we were created in your image. And we recognize it's not anything that we do that makes us good, but it's what you do through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So have your way and help us to grow as a result of this series. We ask it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.